The Cambridge Marketing Podcast with Kieran Kapoor. Brought to you by Cambridge Marketing College. See their range of courses and apprenticeships at marketingcollege.com. Hello and welcome. This week we are in the world of PR careers and I'm delighted to be joined by Alan Anstead who is the PR course leader at the Cambridge Marketing College and a PR practitioner of many years experience. Alan, welcome back to the show. We're going to sort of talk about PR and careers, but we're going to look at both early careers, you know, how you get started and also what to do in your sort of mid to later careers. So let's start with a quick definition of PR generally. So when we're talking about careers in PR, what sort of careers are there? Yeah, um, thank you, Karen. And uh, public relations, let's start with the term as well, so there's no Mm. misunderstanding. Public relations or communications, um, they're the same thing to me. It's around an organisation communicating with the audiences, its stakeholders that matter to it. And that that can be in all different sectors, companies, um, private sector, can be in public sector for government, local or central, can be um, um, public sector like NHS, and it can be voluntary sector, social housing, charities, voluntary organisations. So many organisations naturally communicate with their audiences to achieve things, the objectives of that organisation, and to help that process. That's the role of the public relations communications practitioner. Okay, so it's a it's a it's a career that can take you into a, a, a huge number of sectors. You've got you were mentioning there non-profit, public sector, private sector. So it's it is it's enormous. So if I was thinking, gosh, I'd really like to work in PR where would I start? What would I be looking at? Yeah, I I think it's around um, perhaps getting some experience, a taste, if you like, of public relations communications to see if it is for you. Uh, I should as well mention that there are are lots of possibilities. Um, The ONS census data from 2021 showed that there were 63,563 public relations practitioners living in England and Wales. So there are lots of people doing this. So there are those opportunities there. And I think different things one can do to get a taste. I think the apprenticeship scheme is brilliant. I would say that, of course, as a tutor. Um, And I know Cambridge Marketing College would also echo that. But I think it's such a good way to, to, to learn about public relations, to get that really good feel. This is for you. Is this the career you would like to undertake? As well as being paid something, real life experience, um, to me, that can't be better than an academic. Of course, teaching is good, but real life experience is brilliant. So finding an apprenticeship, um, to me, would be a, a very good move. An apprenticeship is a is a good choice, I think, if you'd like to just to test, but if that is a career for you. Um, apprenticeships, one year long, plus after that, an endpoint assessment. It's a, it's a good period of time to find out. And um, our experience is that many people do stay on with the employer that where they did their apprenticeship and, and haven't come across anyone yet who's completed the apprenticeship who hasn't stayed within communications 
broadly some move to other jobs but I think that's um, um, a choice they've made that they do like public relations communications I think it two possibilities to think it sort of yeah, it bites into yeah. you. You decide actually, this I enjoy that. And if you did choose that it wasn't a public relations, I think it gives you quite a lot of transferable skills anyway. Um, so if you suddenly said, actually, I want to go and work in I don't know engineering from completely different stance, you those communication skills would still stand you in huge stead. Yeah, and seen the other way as well. People moving from other careers to communications, um, you know, that can work as well. People find that that actually what they're doing is communicating and they would like to specialise in doing that very well for an organisation. Um, two, two areas one might want to look at. Do you, does one want to work in-house, as it's called, for an organisation, perhaps as part of a team in that organisation, where you understand the organisation and its objectives and that's what you're working on every day? Or for an agency, PR agency or consultancy, for a few who are, who are perhaps uh, more experienced as a freelancer, where you'd have different clients you'll be working for, and then a range of different organisations, different topics, different things you'll be doing. And you know, there's, there's very valid arguments for either and both I do know some people who who have moved from from PR agency to in-house a few years late few years later have moved back to agency and then ended up in a different sector again in-house so there is that movement possibilities nowadays with social mobility so if you were looking to start a career in PR and obviously you've talked about apprenticeships would the would the words public relations always be in the job title no, probably not, <laughs> to be truthful. Um, you know, there, I'm a PR person is, is an argument that some people put across. But most job titles will probably have the word communications in, but not even just communications. It may be corporate communications, communications executive or something like that. Or it may be digital um, even or digital communications because that's the main area of work they'll be doing or community relations um, there are many different job titles and the truth is public relations will probably be in the job title for a PR agency less likely for in-house in an organization it's more likely to be communications in the title and so, I mean, you've said it's a wide sector. There's lots of places that one can go to. So if I was sitting at the beginning and I, I, maybe I want to do an apprenticeship, maybe I want to start work, what sort of skills would an employer perhaps look for? What might make me stand out? And that's something that's changed over the years. It used to be written skills. And that's why quite a few journalists moved into public relations. Um, but that's not so true now that the media relations work is about equal to digital communications and internal communications as well. So you've got three branches of public relations and each of those require, because of trends and how people want to receive communications, require more audiovisual skills. So the ability to, to um, put together good imagery and use things like Adobe Photoshop is a great skill. The ability, ability to um, take and edit video 
is a great skill. Um, ability to use AI is a great skill. And I think that, that makes the profession much more open to a wide range of young people rather than those who had a journalism career then moved to a position in working on communications, public relations for an organisation. Um, so a wide range of, of um, skills would be useful. And most of those skills are things that people perhaps have anyway, even though perhaps not working for an organisation. They may be taking video for TikTok or for YouTube for their own purposes. And I think as well to get a little bit of experience in that so that one can perhaps get the um, interview um, for a particular job, perhaps doing some voluntary work for a charity in communications. Most charities would welcome um, that sort of support on social media or putting things together around the videos and other things on communications. I think there's some areas there that people could think about in order to, if they haven't worked in public relations before, communications that could be on their CV that will get them that interview. Um, hopefully then after that, the job itself. So what you're painting, which I thought was quite interesting, you talked about external public relations, internal communications and also digital. I think for a lot of people, in, possibly me included, think of PR as being getting people together in a big press room and doing the, the, the preser or, or whatever. But actually you're suggesting it isn't all public relations, isn't all about briefing journalists, talking to journalists, doing the big um, lobby events. There's a lot more to it than that. Absolutely. And just thinking of the apprentices doing public relations and communications assistant apprenticeship, quite a few of them don't do any media relations work for their organisation. It is mostly social media or and or internal communications. And I think there is much more of an equal balance between them. Um, and that's a change over years. I used to work for the Foreign Office doing communications and the head of the press office used to say, we, we do the important work. We're the ones who make things happen. What you, he talked about me. What you do is hang baubles on a Christmas tree <laughs> in public relations work and campaigning. I, I thought, what have you been smoking? But... Um, <laughs> That was the, that was a th sort of a theory that there was a hierarchy in the past of communications with media relations work, as I call it, that um, getting the news and stories of an organisation in the media, that be in newspapers or broadcast media, then campaigning, public relations, digital communications, and thirdly, internal communications. I think they've all levelled out, and internal has definitely come up with the pandemic and, and, and the C-suite decided, yeah, internal communications are actually quite important to the productivity of our organisation. So I'm, I'm quite pleased about that. I think it gives much more range of opportunity for people to see which they like. I know some of our apprentices really enjoy internal communications and that's where they see their speciality in and why not you can have a career in internal communications um, or they're very good on digital um, why not um, it's not just about media relations nowadays so when you say 
digital are we are we mainly talking social media as in getting social media posts out or is there more to it than that uh, more to it than that I, I for me digital communications is website external intranet internal and social media and of course we could split up social media between content sharing platforms but i think actually it's easier just to call it social media because they're all evolving and changing depending on trends and what they see their particular users would like so all three and i think all three are important though all three have have definitely changed over evolved over the years but they're they're all still important okay so that's great as an overview of the profession and and perhaps where to start so if i was perhaps had a little bit of experience maybe i finished an apprenticeship so i've got you know a couple of years experience under my belt and i'm not quite certain where to go next or i'm your early mid-career and wondering what to do in pr what what is the is there a career structure or has it everything changed so much yeah um I, don't, I wouldn't say that there is a defined career structure that you might find in, say, accountancy, legal profession, and all the way up to barrister or, or, or in medicine. Um, but, but there is definitely ways in which um, a practitioner can improve, can continue to learn. Let's call it professional development. Mm -hmm. And there are different ways of doing that. It's not you have to follow one particular route. But you could do things that work for you. Uh, and um, I think mentoring is a really great thing. Sometimes I wish, wish I had years ago a mentor to help me. I, um, I didn't until a little bit later, um, sort of in life, when, when mentoring was seen. Yeah, it's a really good way to help people grow in a job, give them greater understanding. Um, so men finding a mentor, I think, is a very good um, thing to do. Um, then reading, being, staying up to date, because we just talked about um, how things have changed over the years. Well, they will continue to change, um, that, that's for sure. And, and using different sources, that can be literary reading online, um, could be even sort of magazines they they just about still exist in public <laughs> relations mostly online though and some good sites and some are specific to a sector as well like comms 2.0 for the public sector um, cipr has quite a good um, website with regular blogs there called influence um, so reading but also podcasts um, <laughs> Probably people listening to this like podcasts. That's why they're here. And, you know, there are plenty of good podcasts nowadays in public relations from when it hits the fan, crisis yep. communications one. Um, there's a good public affairs one um, called the Public Affairs in Practice podcast. There's a really good internal communications one called Candid Comms. As well as the PRCA, one of the professional bodies has a podcast called Fuse. Um, CIPR has a regular one called Engage. And of course, there's the Colleges podcast. <laughs> so for those who like podcasts, there's plenty of listening and learning that one can do. And that's just a selection. There are many more podcasts. Um, then I think it's worth considering, and hopefully doing, 
joining one of the professional bodies, Chartered Institute of Public Relations, particularly if you're working in-house, it's more for individual members, or PRCA, primarily for those working for PR agency or consultancy. And CIPR has some very good tools for professional development, has a continuous professional development website with lots, you know, thousands of resources there. And it it encourages people to do 60 points of continuous professional development every year. And there's a bit of a carrot there because um, what is a good, if you like, career progression is to move to a credited practitioner. Then after that, to chartered practitioner. And the means to move on that chain is, is through doing years of um, completed continuous professional development. The chartership does have a whole day of discussion. I'm a chartered assessor for, for CIPR, and it, it is it's me tough. It's tougher even more for those who are trying to gain and show that they have that quality standard. But I think it's, it is a really good thing to have on your CV that you are a chartered practitioner in public relations. And in addition to that, are the professional qualifications um, the foundation for those who are brand new to PR or just interested in a career in PR it's shorter um, it's around a level standard then there's a certificate um, which is a level five qualification professional certificate then there's a diploma level seven it's equivalent to a master's um, and then there's specialist diplomas for crisis communications, digital communications, uh, internal communications, sustain- ooh, sustainability communications mm. that people can study and build up their knowledge, uh, all of which the college offers. So um, I think there's, there's roots there as well to, to, to continue to learn. So I think what I'm getting is that if you want to progress in PR, you need to consider your own corporate rep, your own professional reputation and actually having CPD um, in whatever format that takes, getting your memberships. It matters because it proves to people that you are up to date and that you are interested as if you're in a profession, we would hope you were interested in just keeping yourself up to date. Yeah. And that it depends how people want to do that, but there are a few different people on LinkedIn who will give their thoughts and views, their forecasts of what's happening, what's changing. And you know, for some, they may wish to contribute to that to show that they they're are a, an active practitioner. Alan, that, that was a great overview of PR. If, what do you say to people that say that PR is a bit of a black art? I mean, I loved your description of just sticking baubles on a Christmas tree. But the idea that actually, you know, PR people, I mean, it, it, a bit like marketing, it has a reputation for people lying or covering up or being economical with the truth. What would you say to people that say, oh, I wouldn't want to go into PR because it's not ethical? Yeah, and I really dislike the term used by the media fairly regularly of spin doctor mm. instead of director of communications. You know, it, it's trying to suggest that that they're manipulating um, people's thoughts and views <laughs> by putting one side to a story. I, I don't think that that's that's accurate nor fair. 
um, a communicator will put across an organization's viewpoint as part of a discussion. If you go back to Aristotle, dialogue was all about having that discussion between people with different viewpoints, and that was foundations of democracy. And I don't think there's anything wrong in putting a viewpoint across. What is wrong, of course, is misinformation or disinformation. Um, uh, and you know, yes, there has been that happened on occasion, Iraq war, etc., etc., in the past. Um, but I think the great majority of communicators are quite ethical. They think about ethics. For example, in CIPR's continuous professional development, I talked about scheme. You have to do so many ethical learning and unlock them each year to keep up your ethical side. And I, I think it is something that particularly CIPR and, and um, PRCA have pushed quite strongly that there needs to be stronger ethics in the profession so that people understand that it is a profession, not some dark art or or whatever it is described in the media as sometimes. So I think there is that framework there of ethics in 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 public relations. But yeah, it will take time for people to to fully and it doesn't help when journalists like to have a go and use the term spin doctor because they think that makes it sound so much easier to read. Yes, and you hear phrases like the, the um, we've got one going on at the moment where the Prime Minister doubled down on something. Well, actually what it was is the Prime Minister didn't feel he needed to apologise for something. Now, you may all agree, agree or disagree with that stance, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's doubled down on it. It just that is communicating how he feels. Yeah, no, I, terminology that's used um, fairly regularly in, in, it's not just the media, of course, it's what, what one sees on social media, or even what we might talk about um, person to person, um, kind of skews things a little bit. Um, I think it is quite tough being a politician at the moment, and with with so many things going on, not just in the world but in the UK, that how they have to react to and react quickly. And every time you react to it, you, you're accused of changing your opinion completely mm. uh, and um, it's, it's tough but communications are important in politics as as well as for for companies as well as for charities everyone is using that um scenarios we're just talking to put their viewpoints across and that's not a bad thing for democracy that there's different <laughs> voices there Alan, that's a wonderful overview of the uh, PR profession. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. The Cambridge Marketing Podcast from Cambridge Marketing College, training marketing and PR professionals across the globe.